They do it because they were born to do it. Just like Willy Wonka was born to be a candy man, and you look like you were born to be a Wonkera. Who can take a sunrise, sprinkle it with dew, cover it in chocolate and a miracle or two? The candy man. The candy man can. Passy mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Who can take a rain? Hey everybody, we're back with another commission podcast. Uh, this one from uh, Josh from Saxbaha again. He has previous commissions Screamers, PCU, Wrath of Khan. Uh, he's back for the quadruple dip, everlasting podcaster, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the 1971 version. I almost. I, you don't even have to distinguish that because the remake with Johnny Depp is uh, titled Charlie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which oh, was the original okay. uh, title of the story by Roald Dahl, uh, who wrote the screenplay for this film. I uh, did not know this at the time I sat down to watch it, but apparently he disowned this film Okay, uh, after it got some, some rewrites by another screenwriter and uh, specifically uh, spoilers for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, by the way. Uh, I just I just had a misconception of mine corrected. Oh, inadvertently, I always assumed Roald Dahl was a woman. Oh, <laughs> I actually don't know that he's that she's not. Oh, okay. But I'm pretty sure that I've heard his like his wife refer to okay uh, different things after he's died. I don't know why I thought that, but I just uh, did. Yeah. So Roald Dahl wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, mm-hmm. This is called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He didn't specifically didn't like the fact that the emphasis he felt was more on Willy Wonka. He didn't like the fact that they repurposed a minor character, Slugworth, and made him the the villain of the film. Okay. Uh, I thought this is a little Alan Moore, you know, straining the gnat, gulping the camel kind of stuff. But what are you going to do? He's the creator, and he's entitled to his opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also did not know that this film was produced by the Quaker Oats Company as an experiment in interesting and wholesome family filmmaking. Yeah, I think that was maybe the most shocking thing I read in Roger Ebert's review of the film. Which, if they did that today, like there would be an uh, an actual Quaker as a character, oh, like yeah. like he, oh, yeah. Willy Wonka would be wearing the wide brimmed hat, factory. and it'd be the Oats Factory, and they'd be making chocolate oatmeal bars, and yeah, uh, the Oompa Loompas would be Opa <laughs> oatmeal oatmeal Loompas. Uh, it, uh-huh. it, it would just be it'd just be product placement after product placement. Right. Uh, kind of stand up on the Quaker Oats that I don't like. I watched the whole thing with credits and did not get like, oh, Quaker Oats. Maybe, I, of course, I you know my eyes glazed over during the pretty long um, credit sequence in the beginning, mm. which still entertaining, a very psychedelic uh, candy thing. Yeah, and it's I don't know, strange that an oatmeal company would be promoting essentially all this candy. Yeah, I, it seems to go against. Maybe there are other marketing strategies. Oh, but unless they're like you know really believed in like you know families and and, and teaching morals and stuff, which this this film uh, attempts to do. I think okay, I think it's got some twisted morals, but we'll okay. Uh, maybe not twisted morals, but twisted uh, ideas of what makes a successful human being. Okay, uh, so I, I I I when I've seen this movie a time or two before, and I've always been shocked at how relatively adult it is in some of the sequences. Mm-hmm. And how it just seems, especially when you think about this being made in the 1970s, that this is just designed for people to get high on some kind of psychedelic substance and watch. Sure. Um, 
in a in in and I guess you can label the same accusation against like Wizard of Oz, even, although I don't think that was the intention. So I like, guess it's psychedelic in its own way. But after reading a bunch of reviews, I kind of come around and I think this is a pretty good kids movie. And the things that I had assumed might be too scary or there's a lot of arguments about that, you know, children are kind of programmed to accept these kinds of, you know, that they recognize that they're not in danger of being sucked up a pipe or turned into a blueberry because they wouldn't do the 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 bad things that these children are doing like they get the right. lesson that this Charlie that the, the Willy Wonk is not a scary person mm-hmm. um although he is he is kind of in some yeah in some spots I, I mean honestly the thing that shocked me when I was watching this with a more critical eye is how long it takes until you get to the chocolate factory Right. And how mm-hmm. kind of relatively uninterested I was in all that and how kind of like just insane it was. And then how much of this film lives and dies by Gene Wilder's performance. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I mean, Gene Wilder nails it in this film like he does every film he's in. I mean, yeah. I don't think I've seen a bad Gene Wilder performance, but I can't think of a better person, even Johnny Depp, to play this character. No, I'm going to compare and contrast the two films. I haven't seen the new one. so Yeah, it's unfortunate. I, but... I don't know anything about it. I don't. Like, I've seen the look that Johnny Depp goes for, and yeah. it's a little bit more intense, yeah. a little bit scarier. Uh-huh. Um, but you you mentioned, you know, that kids might not do the same things that these horrible, naughty children do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe maybe that's what Quaker was going for. Maybe they're saying, look, moderation on the candy, kids. We we know you love fucking candy, but chill and have some oatmeal. And share. You know, it's not just about, right. like, all about you, and it's not all about television. I mean, because oh, sure. they, they mean, take shots at all kinds of things. Oh, for sure, yeah. But, Fat kids, but, I mouthy mean, like, kids. It all comes down to, like, these kids are desiring more candy than they probably should. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if you look at, like, the Oompa Loompa songs, right, they're they're dishing out the morals mm-hmm. yeah. uh, a little heavy-handedly mm-hmm. to these children. So, I, I don't think know. the Oompa I mean, Loompa's uh, hands overall would be lighter than average. Well... They stack them up, and their powers combine sort of thing. Uh-huh. They slapped across the face with five sets of hands instead of one. Right. So, all right. Fair point. <laughs> anyway, where were you going? Uh, no, I was, I, was, I was giving you some runway Are you to, to, to make your point Oh, there. I mean, I have many things to talk about. Would you believe that the new version of this came out 12 years ago? I was shocked. Because yeah. I was like, my first thought as when I'm – when I'm reading more recent and I, my, my first thought is like, Oh, I wonder if Roger Ebert is dead for this one because you know, he's been dead like what now? Four years, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking like, Oh, it's right in that window, but it's yeah. 2005, man. I know that's we're we're really old dude. <laughs> uh, so before we go, go on, I want to get to Josh's, uh, the, the, the comments here. Uh, this movie is directed by Mel Stewart. As I mentioned, screenplay by Roald Dahl. There's stars, a lot of people that I, never seen before since and also uh uh gene wilder uh josh says i saw willy wonk in the chocolate factory at the movies this weekend which obviously was back uh i think of uh uh, august of last year uh it was re-released due to the death of gene wilder and Hmm. he had previously wanted us to do the movie real genius and he changed it charlie uh, the the willy wonk in the chocolate factory rather Mm -hmm. this film has always been a favorite of mine and one that transports me back to my childhood especially the scene where they enter the main area of the chocolate factory where everything is edible the The chocolate room yeah the chocolate room Uh, the music aside from cheer up charlie gag fest is iconic and i always sing along when i'm watching do you know that um uh 
Sammy Davis Jr. recorded the Candyman as a single, and it was a hit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say he wrote it. No, no, he, no. He did a cover of it, so. right? Yeah. Like, okay. some of this film, some of the music in this film has, like, gotten wider acclaim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene Wilder brought an edge to the film that I can only begin to appreciate as an adult, and the whimsical nature of the trip yeah. through the factory still makes me smile at the ripe old age of 35. I know Ron, Ron, Roland Roald Dahl basically disowned the film, disagreed with the Slugworth villain angle, but I've always found this movie vastly superior to the recent remake with Johnny Depp. Hmm. Not only did I find the film strange and nowhere near as fun as the original, Depp's performance has always seemed a bit pedophilic in nature. Oh. <laughs> I would love to know what your relationship you guys have with the film, your thoughts on Wilder's performance, and how you think it compares to the newer version. Uh, so my relationship, I don't know why, but I never saw this film until I was well, – like, I don't. I think I was, like, not a Jehovah's Witness anymore. How did you get out of the, Cause there's nothing, the 80s without seeing there's this There's nothing thing. that I can think that's objectionable in this movie that would, right. like – and I don't think – there was certainly nothing forbidden about it. I just – and my mom and dad made sure I saw, like, The Little Rascals and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Mary <laughs> right? Poppins and all yep. this other crap. Honestly, I don't. I don't know why it never came up. Huh. Because it's also very hard to not even just see it on television. Right. That's where I saw it like a yeah. hundred times. Yeah. So this <laughs> is, I, I think, kid. the second time that I've seen the whole thing. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. My relationship is entirely different. I grew up seeing this movie on TV like every other weekend for a period. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. It's a, it's always kind of been a favorite of mine. It's you know it's not up there in like the top five or whatever, but. It's one of those movies like, you know, The Godfather or Star Wars where you sit down, it's on TV, and you go, yep, that's what I'm doing for the next mm-hmm. hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I've I've seen this movie many times, and I always love it. I, I remember the little moments. I remember the songs. I remember especially, like he said, Gene Wilder's performance in it, which to me makes the movie. And he does a lot of subtle things. Like he yeah. quotes famous poems. He <laughs> is menacing sometimes. He is unhinged sometimes. Like yeah. the scene of him losing his mind in that tunnel. Uh, Amazing. This is the one that sticks out in my mind the first time I saw it. Like, God damn, this is a kid's movie? Because yeah. I, I think the images flash back, flash too fast for most children to pick up. But there's like a centipede crawling across a man's face. There's a mm-hmm. chicken... A live chicken to just get straight up beheaded. Yep. A uh, cleaver, yep. cleavered. Uh, like going on in the, the, these these like flashes in the background as he's starting to screaming about the fires of <laughs> the fires of hell were invoked at one point. I think so. Yeah. The rowers are rowing. They're no showing no signs of slowing, and it's the fires of hell are stoking. I, I don't know. It was it it's in, it's crazy, but I I laughed at a lot of this stuff. Um. Even as like a little pratfall to begin, like you know, as he introduced himself, was right. was funny. And... I can't get over his his bendy cane. Yeah, like that, that, such a nice little touch that mm-hmm. doesn't need to be there, but mm-hmm. it is, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, the movie's dated, but like the visual yeah. style is such that it doesn't really matter. And I don't know, like some things, like just I found it hysterical, like the foam mobile. Mm-hmm. And just everyone getting <laughs> right. blasted in the face with this foam, yeah. and you know, Gene Wilder. Big question: Why? Yeah, and then <laughs> then he goes through the gate, and it's like it, it, I, it, it's bizarre. And they don't even really explain it. They don't explain why he had to go to light speed or plaid speed uh, with the Oompa Loompa powered boat right. to get from the chocolate I, factory to the <laughs> experimental room either. Like it just doesn't like Willy Wonka. He it doesn't explain why he needs a rocket powered elevator. Like. 
It's true, yeah. I mean, he it's just unbridled imagination going yeah. on in this factory. And so my review of it is going to definitely be tongue in cheek, a lot of a lot of silly things I'm going to point out and harp on, but I mean the the imagination in this movie is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh from from the factory uh to the boat rides to I mean top to bottom. It's amazing. Uh I think that <laughs> That Willy Wonka's goal here is to both test the children and torture the parents to to make them pay mm-hmm. in a sort of way for, you know, raising their children the way they have. So, I mean, it's I, I, I think it's a bad idea to overanalyze this film too much, but I'm going to do it anyway. Hmm. OK, I, I'm not sure that I would say that. OK, because like I what I what I don't understand is. What if he didn't get a Charlie? Right. What if the fifth child had been equally a shit? Would then he have done lose. this? Would he have done this again? Because he Probably, clearly yeah. was trying, like for whatever reason, he was tired of making chocolate, or the world had beat him down, or like right. the, the 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 pressure of being the number one chocolate man in the world is yeah, with Slugworth nipping at your heels. And and he, I, I guess, he wants to inflict this existence on some innocent <laughs> child. Um, or he, you know, or maybe just getting old and like, you know, like you read yeah. between the lines, he can't make children himself. So he knows that what he knows about chocolate, he is going to take a lifetime in part. So while he's still a relatively young man, he gets a protege that he can, you know, mold into like a Dread Pirates Robert style, you know, new Willy Wonka. Um, yeah. But I, I just feel like, so, so I, I just wonder, like, what was his plan if this golden ticket came out and there was, you know, or what happens? Because, you know, I don't think there's that many terrible children in the world. Um, now, maybe that's one of the things is, like, self-selects, like, apparently, like, Veruca Salt, who would, like, send all of his factory workers right. unboxing chocolate to find uh, the golden ticket. She's the worst, by far. Right? right. Or, like, naturally greedy children are going to eat hundreds of candy bars. Mm-hmm. Or, like, m- maybe there's a little self-selection in this. Or or Violet, who... I'm not really sure how... I think she just got lucky. Yeah. I think Violet just got lucky. Well, she she's, switched she's, from she's gum to gu- chocolate yeah. bars, but right, right. she got lucky. Right. But she, you know, she took her prodigious uh, gum budget and sw- mm-hmm. turned it to chocolate. Uh, but what, what the, the other thing is equally interesting is like, okay, what if you had five naughty children? What if you had like four perfectly nice children? Right. Like How that would have choose? been an essentially meaner film if he's essentially uh, uh, winnowing down these these children on ever more trivial. Because the other right. th- question I have is why is Charlie considered good? Like even though his grandpa almost fucked him out of the prize because. As I remember the first time I saw this, when they were drinking the fizzy soda mm-hmm. illegal, uh, illicitly, I'm like, how is this any different than the German kid falling into the chocolate river? Yeah, I mean... Like, that that kid just lost his balance. He was encouraged to sample. Like, everybody was pigging out in that fucking room. What, the fat uh, kid falls in? Oh, your center gravity's fucked. Uh, like, I, I don't... Right, right. The moral... And that room, the fizzy lifting drink room, is designed to kill people. Right? It seems like it. Yeah, if so, you didn't figure out that you that you be, you could belch, you're right. dead. You're dead. Right. So the only saving grace there is that they figure a way out of, like, to avoid their sure death. Right. And that doesn't make them any less morally uh, responsible. There. No, they stole the. They were. They. They <laughs> were. I mean, I. I just don't. And maybe that's one of the things that Roald Dahl uh, cited as something he didn't like, the fizzy drink. And maybe it is because it, it kind of muddles the morals of the mm-hmm. story. I mean, maybe 
Yeah, so I I kind of agree with that. But then, you know, in the end, he does something to make up for it, right? He has the opportunity here to go sell Slugworth a gobstopper, and he chooses not to, even though this man has been a righteous shit the whole time. Right. Because that's the thing. I didn't understand the significance of him giving Willy Wonka gobstopper because, like, he's fucking Willy Wonka. He's got all the gobstoppers he needs. He only needs one. So (laughs) Sure, yeah. So, like, him giving is kind of like saying that – uh, hmm, that's a very subtle point. Well, not even sure. Not even sure Charlie knew what he was doing there. Okay, <laughs> fair. Um, but, but it showed it showed the true nature of Charlie, right? His kind heart. He didn't. I mean, the whole movie showed that, and which almost makes yeah. me think that maybe the, the do you think that there's a, a a chance that Willy Wonka through some kind of metaphysical means guided that last ticket to Charlie? Like, are we supposed to understand I that, know. or is this? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't it's know. It's such a coincidence, you know. He gets so lucky with this golden ticket. That, right. Yeah, I mean, th- there's an implication there that fate has intervened, the right? Implication. <laughs> Being that uh-huh. if if he gets on the boat, fate, right. fate will intervene. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but it I... got dark on that boat, so I'm saying. He sure did. Sure did. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. Like I, I feel that's where I'm like I don't know how much depth this movie warrants in examining it because ultimately it's a morality tale right. for children. Mm-hmm. Like morality tales and 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 um, uh, oh shit, what do they call that thing where it's you know it's it's really about it's it's Narnia but it's really about Jesus allegory allegory okay. any kind of more more moral or allegorical work it's like does it really bear that much scrutiny and ex- examination but sure. this one's like so I so I don't know like these these little plot details kind of bother me the other one that really stuck out and I know this is like a very trite observation but I did make it originally for the first time is like. What the fuck is this? This these grandparents are bedridden, <laughs> and will and 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 Charlie is seen as kind of a saint by doing this this uh, you know paperboy routine and giving his money to his his grandparents and his mom to help him you know buy loaves of bread and whatnot and he spends his last dimes on chocolate bars for grandpa and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Grandpa finds out he's got this opportunity to go to the chocolate factory and all of a sudden he's up and singing and dancing. Yeah, like you he's... can't you can't deliver papers. No. No. Like he's well, I, he's I, literally I, flying through the factory thirty minutes yeah. from now, and you cannot you cannot throw a paper. Yeah, grandpa grandpa is despicable. He's easily the worst character. in the He kind of is because clearly this is a ruse that he's been keeping up for years. It, right? There's no other I mean, way to look at it. It started as grandpa help out with the yard work. Uh, well, I'm not not feeling so good. Right. You know, my legs just aren't what they used the to gout. be. It's the gout. Uh, Grandpa, come do dishes. Oh, I can't get out of bed. I, I just can't right. do it. And right. the 20 years on, he's still keeping up the ruse until he finds this golden ticket. Until right. Charlie finds this golden ticket and feels so bad for his bedridden grandfather that he wishes he could come. And Grandpa springs out of bed. Yeah. Magically healed by the thought of endless candy. I... I mean, if that's why I'm like, I wonder if there's a metaphysical component that's in the Roll Doll book that didn't translate. Maybe, that like the maybe. golden ticket is like the fucking cocoons in cocoon. Like, could be. it juices him up. It's it's like right. the equivalent of HGH, man. Although you notice something in the chocolate factory when he's got his hands on 
Charlie's shoulders may be a contributing yeah. factor. Grandpa, dual coke nails on his pinkies. <laughs> Look at the scene where there's a scene where they're all standing together, and he's got his hands on his shoulders, close up on Charlie's factory. Grandpa's rocking two <laughs> Carrie Fisher style coke nails, and I think that's that's what got that. It's, that's the golden ticket for Grandpa. Like get him an eight ball and get him out there selling newspapers, <laughs> but it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> You know, like you got some enough newspapers the money to, to cover the eight ball, and, yeah, and then yeah. it's like you get you habituated to it, and you build up a tolerance, right? And, and just leads right back to the bed, right? Uh, <laughs> so let's let's continue on this grandpa train because I think grandpa is filling Charlie's head with a bunch of nonsense throughout this entire movie. He is right. an instigator, uh, both in the chocolate factory and in Charlie's life. He tells him. Forget forget about the odds of finding this ticket, Charlie. You know why you're going to find this ticket? Because you want it more. Now, here's a fucking pile of scratch-offs that Grandpa's got. Go in the corner and, and fucking win me some money, kid. It's like telling a child, like, if you believe in God enough, Grandpa will be healed of cancer. Right. Like, when Grandpa dies of cancer, or is healed either, but when he die, probably dies of cancer... You're saddling the kid that he didn't believe hard enough, that he didn't yeah. have enough faith, that he didn't love Grandpa enough. Like that's pretty fucked. And you're pretty and you're fucked. telling this kid that he can win the lottery just by wishing hard enough. That's Fuck off. is it possible this family is destitute and ruined because Grandpa just <laughs> I think couldn't so. you know stop putting ninety percent of his paycheck into the numbers game? I I think that's a philosophy that is perpetuated through the generations of this family. Wake up, sheeple! Quakers trying to pull the hoodwink on you. <laughs> Trust, yep. They're trying to get you a bunch of de- be a de- bunch of degenerate chocolate eating gamblers, and that's not where it ends. I mean, Grandpa also goads him into drinking the fizzy drinks, which almost gets them that's both what I'm killed. saying. Grandpa also tells him to blindly sign contracts because they have nothing left to lose. Grandpa is filling this kid's head full Grandpa of shit that is going is, to ruin is- him. Is Paul Giamatti's friend in Sideways? Like yes. every idea he has is terrible. <laughs> He's always almost getting his ass kicked and ruining things with the whip. Like Grandpa is is Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover. Yeah. Grandpa is is a is a is a terrible terrible sidekick of a person. He really he's, is. He's 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 Ziggy or Iggy or whatever in season two of The Wire. And then he seizes He's, upon his the worst of himself at the very end where he says, fuck this guy, we're going to go to Slugworth. Right. Almost ruining the whole operation for Charlie. Here. Right. Like, I, Grandpa's despicable. Grandpa is Satan tempting Christ in the desert. <laughs> he, he really is. is. He's the worst. He's the worst. Although, I have to say, I truly love the scene where Grandpa gets out of bed. I mean, that, <laughs> that's really just... Did. Oh, you man, did. I love that you scene. Did. Maybe it's because I saw it as a kid. Maybe it's because... Uh, I have some residual feelings about it, but man, that that scene is. Good. It's very rare that it's. I get to turn the telescope around and watch you uh, be giddy about something fucking stupid, right? Uh, so I I cherish that. I cherish that. Okay. Because uh, I'm like I'm like okay. I, I I don't get it. I'm all I'm seeing is Grandpa getting out of bed after <laughs> neglecting the family for twenty years, <laughs> and then that weird double banger king size thing in the middle of the yeah. fucking like really yeah. Well, they got a lot of decrepit relatives, apparently. I guess, and the you know the only way their feet can be stay warm is if they're embezzled in, in, in nuzzled in the armpits of the same sex uh, opposite grandparents. So you know? what what is going on here? Is this like some 
I was going to say Depression era, but I don't think this takes place in America. I, that, it seems like it takes place in Carcassonne, France. Like when they uh, yeah. zoom out at this yeah. end, like it, that's that's the only thing I can think. So I, it was filmed in in the outskirts of Munich, I think, is okay, what I read on Wikipedia. Sense. Right. Um, and they wanted it to be kind of nondescript, which it's descript as fuck as an American. <laughs> right. Can I just say that? Like the right. license plates on the cars, it's the not cars any themselves. Town. It's not any town, any place, no. any country. Yeah. It, it looks like one of the wings of Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing you would see here. So mm-hmm. we knew it was over in Europe somewhere. Uh, but we were kind of trying to figure that out because Charlie's clearly American, right? Right. I mean, based on his accent, Grandpa's fucking American. Right. Wonka's American. The the cow. I mean, there's two kids that are explicitly American. Right. And that is, it's Violet and uh, the whoever the cowboy kid is. Yeah. I don't know about Veruca. Something uh, TV. Also, Mike TV. I also, think is his name. Unter or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olaf it, is obviously Glue. His last name. He's obviously German. Yeah. I think they explicitly yeah. say he's like Bavarian. They maybe. do. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. There's, there's so local boy makes good, I guess with the, I guess so. the Munich. Uh huh. I don't know, but he didn't make that, that good. That was a that that was a, the the Munich Board of Tourism demanded that there be a rotund German child, <laughs> maybe so. represented in the film. What about the beginning of this movie with the montage? Did that does that work for you? Because it's a long one, and they're just disguising the credits here. But no, oh, I like the I, I, I yeah, totally. The candy montage was clutch. Okay, and you know I do think it sets a tone, and it it, it certainly serves its purpose. If you are those uh, mind expanding people watching this thing late at night because you're bored, like because it's 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 a, it's definitely a visual treat. And then it goes right into Bill's candy shop, mm-hmm. which. I, I honestly, I don't see how this man, how Bill is still in business. I, I think he's a front for Wonka. He's, like, getting these children addicted. Because, yeah, I mean, he's making it rain, Candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, like, not, ch- like, he 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 stiffs he stiffs uh, Charlie later on in the movie for his nickel. I but like- in the first of the movie, he's just literally taking scoops and just throwing them in the air. And I don't understand it because Charlie is standing outside the window looking in as if, Right. It's off limits, but candy just, is flying. Just get kid. in, get in, there, in there, man. I think the kids, it's a running joke with them. It's like, you know what? Go over Bill's house, get him singing Candyman, and then right. he loses his fucking mind. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Who can go bankrupt? Right. <laughs> Give you diabetes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a crazy guy. Also, the other, oh, back to the grandpa. Oh, boy. Because I'm looking at my notes. Grandpa can't make the supreme sacrifice in 20 years of kicking the tobacco habit. Oh, my God. You're right. Because Charlie's like, oh, now I that I got this paper it. gig, Grandpa, you can you can have as many pipes as you want. Uh-huh. Yeah. I I mean, I can't be doing good things. I mean, no. Charlie could quit his job if not for the smoking. Yeah. How much is Grandpa <laughs> spending? Like, they, can, they can't. They can Buying a loaf of bread was like a minor miracle to this family, and this fucker's smoking a pipe? <laughs> Go to hell, Grandpa. Well, I feel like that was that was Charlie's doing. Charlie wanted, like, Maybe that's Grandpa, what Char- you are a drain on the family. Yeah, he was, he, Charlie's the grim reaper. He's like, <laughs> right. you need to smoke three times as many pipes, and once you, I want to, and then right. make sure you blow it in all these other bags' faces. You eat, know? eat all this chocolate, blow smoke uh-huh. in, in these, these fools' faces, yeah. That when he comes in and kisses his grandparents on the forehead, that was the kiss of death he was trying to administer every day. He's trying to decimate his family, I think. <laughs> um... Uh, the, the other thing is, like, I I thought it was funny how Bill called the kids like, ah, you guys seem like future wonkers to me. It's like, 
It's it seemed like a, a terrible, terrible slur. It sounds like bunch one. of wonkers. Yeah, bunch of wonkers. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing is, I guess low key that the oh man, this is such a such a, a tale for our times. This city had been decimated by an economic blight because Wonka had shut down the the, the chocolate factory, right, and replaced all the workers with Oompa Loompa slaves. Uh. Well, I or mean, refugees. It depends. Uh, like, certainly, they're refugees, but like, they're it's at least exploited. Like, yes, oh, I'm yeah, sure they yeah. love their life compared to being hunted d- down by Bandersnacks and whatever the fuck. Yeah, all, all, all of these 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 hostile things are trying to eat them. But are you telling me that to a man? Because I never saw any wa- the Lumpa children, the ch- uh, Lumpa children, nor women. Oh shit! He left them in. Because they can't work in a factory. They're not strong enough. You're right. Fuck. These guys are as male. You're telling me that to a man, these guys want to work and if there's not one that wants to paint or make music or be in politics. Yeah. Work for Loompa Equality. There's big questions the film does not answer. You're right. I think. It was a different time. If I recall correctly, they try to make a stab at making that less slavey in the uh, slavery in the the, 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 the Johnny Depp one. And Uh I don't think it was convincing. Okay. But uh, I will just say, like Slugworth, I-, I can see why Slugworth is in the number two here because uh, I don't think his marketing is good. Like the Slugworth Sizzler doesn't have the same ring as the Scrum Diddly Umptious. Plus, right? the man looks like the a Bond villain. Well, that's like, not actually Slugworth, right? So it's not. I thought he no, was no. actually Slugworth. No, so he's the assistant of Willy Wonka, who Willy had Willy. I'm gonna call him Wonka, <laughs> who Wonka has paid oh. to test these kids, right? Oh, okay. I didn't get that. No, no, I, I hadn't. Oh, I hadn't got scene, that. You must have missed that scene because it explicitly says that. Okay, that's fine. I mean, All right. it's, it's 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 entirely entirely possible. Yeah. So not not actually Slugworth, but I call him Slugworth just okay. because. Mm-hmm. So he's his assistant that he hired to impersonate Slugworth. Yes. Where do you get? Okay. Where do you get the vicious facial scar? Was he, was he slashed ma- him? Like, <laughs> They're feral, feral lumpas. Feral lumpas. They just come at you crazy if you if you cross them. And maybe he went to Lumpa Land and encountered like a maybe snark the, or whatever the hell they are. Maybe there's a brutal like Lumpa uprising, like, yeah. like an Attica style Lumpa riot that he, he had, had to, to put, put down. down, and that's <laughs> oh that's where he God. got the scar. <laughs> uh, you know, every every couple years, you got to have some. You got the the the, the chocolate river's got to run red. <laughs> Notice they said human hands yes. haven't touched it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, I also got a kick out of the teacher trying to teach the kids percentages. Yep. And I'm like, this is the worst teacher of all time because he's just writing numbers on the board as if this is like, you know, QED. And then mm-hmm. I thought it was especially funny where uh, Charlie at the end is like, he only had two chocolate bars. He's like, I can't do two out of a thousand. Right. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's the joke. Yeah. Um, and again, it's a children's movie. I got to continue rem- remind myself. It is good, but yeah, I mean that that scar does look terrible. Um, I, I do think that Chocolate Room is really cool and really imaginative. You know, despite it being obviously foam and yeah, it's too. A bunch the, the, of the thing is too bad is that that river looks like YooHoo. Yeah, it's not chocolate. It's, it's fucking, not viscous enough. It's, it it needs to be like I and I think they did they did fix some of that in the depth version. Like it oh, was yeah. like appropriately CGI flowing chocolate and whatnot. But that nice. looks like a a, a diluted yuho bath. Which that's yeah. You know, I don't no no self respecting Bavarian is going to be lapping that up by the fistful. Right, but I 
so it's a real it's a real shitter because Wonka, when they walk in, says everything in here is edible. Go for it, mm-hmm. and then he screams and raves or rants about the uh, fat kid drinking the water. Mm-hmm. Well, look, fucker, you told me everything in here is edible. It's true, but on the other hand, like I do get his point that like you're contaminating his chocolate. Right, but he said everything was edible. That's true. Go for it. That's like, true. I, I I know. Like I said, some of these moral lessons are are are, are fucked because like the fat kid's crime seems like that he just was unwieldy. <laughs> I, I guess he's top so. heavy. Yeah, he leaned I mean, too far into the chocolate and fell in. He really. It honestly seems like he and uh, Veruca are very similar. You know, really because Veruca's one just of terrible. Them, one of them is intensely greedy. One of them is. Gluttonous, which mm-hmm. is in its way a form of greed. Sure. Um, I really feel like they could have maybe diversified the sins a little bit better here. Mm. Uh, but, you know. Maybe he's the son of Count Chocula, and he just has an uncontrollable thirst. Like, you're, you're saying this is like a choice, but he's got an uncontrollable thirst for chocolate. Yeah, maybe. Like, if he you know doesn't get it, he'd get weak and die. Uh, but Veruca, Ver, I, I honestly, I think the only kids that were truly, ter- truly terrible are like Veruca and the, the TV watcher. Yeah, just because like that TV kid is just like, come on, man, uh, you just won the golden ticket and you're being interviewed and you're still wrapped up in like what you're watching on television and and your dad's going to give you a 45 Magnum when you're when you turn 12. Like that was pretty funny too. Yeah, uh, but Veruca is just like the worst. Yeah, I hate Veruca. Yeah, so much. She wants the she wants her daddy to fire all of his work or like her. Then and, and like it's it's a sweatshop because he's like saying I'll give you a pound for whoever finds a chocolate and they right. react like you know that's a year's pay. Like this this is something. This is Anne Hathaway and Lay Miz. Like she's gonna these these women are gonna have to go get the teeth pulled to make ends ends meet. Yeah, no, it's it's bad scene and I. I, I kind of have to fault the father here, too. I mean, the father is just such a pushover. He spoiled his daughter so much that now he can't control her. Oh, yeah. It's definitely who can you blame? The mother and the father. Yeah. <laughs> right. So totally, yeah. The, the movie spreads the blame around. Sure. Right. Okay. Here's the one I don't get, though. Violet. Okay. Because I don't, I don't feel like Violet is inherently bad. Like, the, the Loompa Loompas make a huge deal about chewing gum all day being revolting and like the worst sin one can commit and i'm right. like it's gum like who cares no that's it's quaint that back in 1971 the biggest problem in like you know children's lives is they're chewing gum and <laughs> spitting on sidewalks and sticking underneath school desks and right maybe that's yeah i, I was thought that was interesting because i saw this one where they they did like from the 60s the uh, report on like like what teachers number one complaints about students were and it was essentially like tardiness and like mm-hmm. sticking gum on, on now furniture. It's, oh, he now keeps it's bringing the gun in. Yeah, like, now it's essentially violence and yeah. vulgarity and and drug use in the bathrooms and things like that. So right. Uh, the other I thought maybe, was, maybe it's maybe it's her competitive streak because she keeps making fun of her friend for not having chewed a piece of gum as long as her. Yeah, maybe it's something about like. But the boastful nature Boasting, of it, yeah. But that's not what the Oompas gave the lesson on. No, Oompas it was, was the gum all chewing. about chewing gum like you're a cow, right? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, once in a while is fun. I mean, it seems like every that's 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 a very Quaker thing, right? Just moderate, be be moderate in all your habits. I suppose so. Yeah. Um, the other th- thing I thought was interesting in the early goings of the film is where apparently a woman's 
husband was kidnapped by international terrorists because she has oh right a case of chocolates they want it and then the fact that she had to think real hard about whether she wanted to give up the chocolate what if an adult had won the golden ticket good question because that woman had no kids and if she did she would not bring them a lot that that she wanted the, the golden ticket for herself right and like what would Willy I mean I think Willy Wonka would just be like uh when you sign as soon as you sign a contract one of the fine prints is you can't be over I don't know 12 you can't be Probably. you can't be over the age of 13 and then she would just immediately be disqualified and shoved in a chocolate tube right i mean the potential for this contest to just be a complete bust is mm-hmm. very high in my opinion like mm-hmm. the people well i don't know okay so primarily kids eat candy right mhm I mean, there are certainly adults who eat plenty of candy, myself included, but it's primarily kids. So you would think the people buying the candy would probably be parents, mostly. Uh, Right. Uh, You know, some of them might just be dicks and say, no, no, son, we're not taking you. We're taking me and your dad are going. Sure. We need a vacation. What have you done? Your whole life's a vacation. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that potential. But the potential is greater, like you mentioned earlier, for just generally good people to be involved in this contest like four or five of them and then what does he do yeah it's good time like they all pass the test it's a good thing to have five children four of them conform to archetypal versions of childhood evil yeah (laughs) or what would he have done i mean i guess he just runs it again you know he says you're all null and void yeah Uh, if if that's the thing a single person wins then none of you win it did. It did seem like he had an immediate out where he could just you could just call an audible at the end and do and and invent some kind. Maybe that's why the contract yeah. was so long and finely printed that like there was it gave him every conceivable out. Right. So he could run multiple golden tickets. And obviously, this did wonders for his the his sales side of his business. Like people were buying, like like the Salt family alone, the Salty yeah. Nut Company alone, probably increased his production by 15 percent. Nineteen thousand so like, bars an hour. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for a Willy Wonka to just be like, "Oh, I didn't find any, didn't find my child protege there. Let's do a golden ticket twenty seventy two. Right, seventy two season golden ticket." And I assume that this kind of promotion. They do this, that. This marketing remember, was already a thing before the movie, right? Like, I, I maybe it's because I don't watch cartoons anymore um mm-hmm. but i remember like how big breakfast cere- cereals were and they had like the prizes inside oh, yeah. and like there was this one year where they did the like find the captain like there was this puzzle and you had to put it together and you had to find out where the captain and they ran that back like back to back three years in a row until i guess right. kids stopped giving a shit about where the captain was and he could go fuck himself <laughs> but uh he could be held hostage on a soviet submarine for all i cared by that that, that time but like I, I do feel like that they yeah if you if you hit you know, if you catch lightning in a bottle, like you get Subway Jared. Well, that didn't turn out well, but uh-huh. you like the Noid or, uh, you know, some of these right. things like they become more like the, the Taco Bell uh, fucking uh, the dog. Yeah, the uh, dog. What chihuahua. is that? Ch- ch- chihuahua. Yokiro Tango Taco Bell. Right. That shit, like you catch lightning in a bottle and you just run it to death. Most interesting man in the world. People yeah. like it. We're just going to shove it down the throat till they don't like it. Bud Bowl. Same thing. Yeah, I'm just curious if the movie gave the advertisers the idea or vice versa. I'm, mm. I'm sure it was the other way it's around. It's got to be the other way around. Yeah. Marketers spend all day thinking about this stuff. They do. They do. We should we should try that sometime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we just had the golden podcast. If, uh, you, like, what, how would we even do that? 
the golden podcast the golden podcast where you know like you download the the right not the right random bit and it's like you know there's a special theme song and you come tour the bald move headquarters and <laughs> right everything and in office is edible <laughs> <laughs> just tell just tell them that as a joke right. uh, <laughs> and the contract they signed says they can't be we can't be held damage uh, liable for dental damage yep uh, the other thing I thought was funny, because uh, I'm just putting out random observations now, is when uh, the was it the cow? I forget whose father did, but like someone tried to uh, drum up small talk with Veruca's dad, Mister Salt, and he yeah. goes, "What business are you in?" And he's like, "Oh, nuts!" And the guy recoils as if he said, "Raping boys." Right. Like, like it, is the nut business is really disreputable? More disreputable than the used car dealerships? Yeah. Or lawyers? Maybe he heard, like, oh, maybe the salt, the Salty Nut Company is, like, just renowned for being a sweatshop. Wait, is this a Quaker thing, maybe? Is it, like, a nuts versus oats sort of battle? Oh! I hadn't even thought of that until this moment. You're right. You're maybe right. it is. I, I don't know. This is the battle of the high-carbohydrate foods. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. You can't do got yeah. goddamn nuts. I, I really didn't get that. Yeah. It's some it's some joke for the parents that is supposed to hit. Yeah, I it's I he, just he don't mugs get. like as soon as he says nuts, he turns around like Ugh! like you know, it, it it's yeah. insane. It's insane. It is. Uh I I think it was also interesting, you know, we're talking about the coincidence of getting all children involved in this contest. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but each room seems to be individually crafted to test a specific child. Hmm. Uh, there's the TV room, which is maybe the most blatant. Yeah, all. that's the one. That's because the others I don't follow. Well, I mean, the Golden Goose room, right? That's like the completely edible room. Put the fat kid in it. Har har. Like okay, right? I mean, that, that's what they're doing here. Uh-huh. The 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 good egg, bad egg. Like why the is good that egg, bad egg? Is uniquely... because she's greedy. She wants the fucking Golden Goose, right? Like hmm. I want this thing that is like. Ultra the rare proverbial and, and literal, yeah. like, peak ultimate uh, enrichment device. Like, yeah. she wants it. Uh, he knows that she can't resist it, and down the chute she goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was the other one? Violets was kind of it's just No, it's the experimental room, but they had the experimental gum, which he, you know, knew that she'd want. Right. Um, and that's the thing is I love it when the kids, like, took the bait and ran with it, and Wonka is like, oh, no, stop, please yeah. don't, you know, yeah. like, he doesn't Feigning this, yeah. this concern. He's like, oh, it's all going according to my plan. Right. Uh, so I don't know how he knew ahead of time. Well, which, and that's the other thing is, like, was the fizzy factory, was the fizzy drink factory part, like, Charlie's test, and he failed it, yet he won anyway? I think Grandpa failed it. Grandpa's Grandpa a despicable it. human being here. Charlie yeah. went along. He got pressured into it. Peer pressure, uh, the papa peer pressure. It's famous. You can't, yeah, you can't, yeah. You can't. You can't stand up to the quadruple P. I mean, that is that is the only scenario, like deadly scenario here, that is not instigated by a child. Right, and also I think it might be the only opportunity that you actually would di- have died because they made it seem like you know potentially, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the chocolate tube was non-fatal. The kid being shrunk, they said the taffy puller, get him out. But, Although, you know, Veruca's... Veruca's going to the incinerators. True. But only, which, you know, she's got a sporting chance because they're only on every other day. She does. Uh, and and there's a chance that uh, Violet will not be juiced in time mm. and then she'll explode. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think necessarily all those are fatal. Certainly the, the TV one and the chocolate two one is mm-hmm. not, but Charlie's the only one who doesn't actively seek out, uh, some sort of disruptive behavior there. Mm. Yeah, because you're right. He, he's only go. He only goes along with his grandfather. Right. And boy, I thought this kid did a pretty good job. But the worst performance in the movie comes from Charlie belching, and then his immediate reaction to like pantomiming swimming through the air as he's belching. Yeah. Like, 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 really? You didn't think that that needed another take? Like, scale it back. Come on, Mel Stewart. <laughs> I, well, the problem- I, I, I know you're just cashing a Quaker check here, but can you can can we get a second take of the bel- <laughs> of, of the belching scene? Well, there's there are a lot of problems with this scene. I mean, one of the many problems is the belching uh, and his reaction to it. The other major problem being I can literally see the entire rig. Oh yeah, that they're being strung up by. I mean, and it, and clearly the they bubbles- might have w- as well have put it outside their pants. Like in, the in Charlie's case, they did. Like <laughs> right. Like it's, it. it's it's visible, but yeah, like and then I clearly think they're thinking like, oh, just fucking pump full, you pump it full of right. uh, uh, of bubbles, and it'll hide the wires. We don't have to rotoscope anything. But no, you totally did. Like the, that's it's it's awful. Could they even rotoscope stuff at the time? I thought. I mean, you can always rotoscope. That's just literally going frame by frame and painting something out of something. Like you can right? Was that remove. a technique that they even did at that point? Seventies, like was early seventies, seventy one. I mean, I don't. Like, I know they did it in Star Wars, but I thought that was pretty re- revolutionary at the time. Like Jerry the Mouse danced with Gene Kelly back in like the fifties or sixties, <sighs> and that's all that is is you're drawing on a, a picture frame. So right, I would imagine you yeah, could airbrush okay. out wires, but. You know, well, they didn't bother. I mean, you see the wires, you see the... It's, the... Yeah, this again, this was Quaker Oats money. This wasn't like, you know, right. Raisin Bran money. This is this is Quaker's, Quaker Oats. This wasn't Fruit Loop money. And apparently this was This wasn't Kellogg or Post. Hit. Like, this only became a big hit after the TV uh, replays, reruns came out. See, on. I saw that it, it cost a million, made four... Which seems yeah. like a modest hit, and sure, then yeah. made twenty one million the next year when they re released it, and then. But it was like the fifty something most popular movie on, on the charts at the time, the Billboard, whatever. Interesting. Yeah, the box office because it also charts. got Oscars for like its, I believe its, uh, song and visuals, and Gene Wilder got a Golden Globe for his okay. acting. Good. So it wasn't like not recognized. But I mean, yeah. I guess you know, from a four million dollars, it's not even for oatmeal people. It's not a lot of money, <laughs> right? I think that uh, is all the thoughts I have on the movie. Do you have any others there, Jim? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, once again, thanks to Josh from Saxpaha for commissioning yet another. He's he's prolific. He's throwing around oatmeal money here. I think so. Yeah. He's, throwing around, he's throwing around raisin brand money. He's commissioning mm-hmm. four podcasts like this. Uh, thank you for this and the other podcasts. Like I said, I. Uh, this is the first time I, it's only the second time I've seen it in my life, I believe, and certainly the first time I saw it with a critical eye. And it was we we laughed a lot. There's a lot, you know. Gene Wilder makes this movie, yeah. and um, it's really neat to see him as a young, as a relatively young man, um, doing something kind of lighthearted, but also as I think Josh said it perfectly with this edge mm-hmm. uh, throughout, um, and. Uh, it was entertaining. So if you would like to commission your own podcast, it's easy. Go to baldmove.com slash shop, and you can select uh, either community commission, 
where you can commission a movie one share at a time. Uh, once all shares of the movie are sold, then we take it down and uh, we do the podcast as normal. Or if, you, if you're an impatient type, if you're the well-heeled, if, you, if you're rolling around with Quaker money, uh, go ahead and do the uh, solo commission where you can make us watch any media that you want and make us do a podcast on it, and we will be happy to do so. Uh, next time, I've already I, I cheated and took a little peek. I see it's going to be the Paul Thomas Anderson. There will be blood. Hmm. Never have have I seen that movie. Me either. So, and I hear it's one of the the, the all time greats. So I'm excited, and uh, we'll be back uh, in the near future on that. Until next time, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya.